I appreciate you guys tuning in again. Uh, today, I'm going to be covering basically payments, deposits and final payments. Uh, before I go further though, if um, you're getting value out of this uh, series or any of the videos that I've put together, if you can do me a favor and just uh, hit that uh, like button, subscribe. I'm trying to put out as many of these as possible, as many videos, as, many, as much content as I can to help you with your uh, wedding uh, planning journey. Um, so with that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going to be talking about payments. If you are planning uh, a wedding, if you're deep into it or you just started, then you probably contacted a few vendors and are um, you know, looking at contracts and, and how much money is due and all of that. Um, and so I want to talk about a few things when it comes to the payments. And I want to put this disclaimer out there that I am not a lawyer. I do not practice law. If you want legal advice, please contact a lawyer. Um, all I'm doing is giving my opinion and my thoughts on uh, the subject today. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get right into it. We're going to talk about, um, like I said, the payments. So when you reach out to a, a vendor and you feel like you uh, want to use them for your wedding, then chances are you're going to enter into some sort of a contract. Hopefully it's going to be a written contract. Now I will say this, if you have a friend who does any of the wedding services that you need, still make sure that you have a contract, a written contract so that you have a meeting of the mind. Now I won't call it a sit down because of the inclement negative implications. Let's think of it as a meeting of minds. You have a verbal contract that they say, you know, I got this or I got you and, and, um, and I'll take care of everything. Um, there's really no meeting of the minds. There's really nothing uh, written that's solidified as to what they're going to be providing and what you should expect. So um, please make sure you have a written contract no matter what. Both parties sign this written contract. You can trust me. See, here's a signed document testifying that I promise not to pull it away. I guess if you have a signed document in your possession, you can't go wrong. To enter into a contract with a vendor, you basically need two things. You need a contract and consideration. Are you telling us to be considerate? You mistake the term, Alan. Consideration, when used in a legal sense, has nothing to do with courtesy. Uh, consideration is the fancy legal term for uh, some sort of uh, gain from the uh, from the vendor. It could be a deposit, it could be a coupon, it could be anything like that, but consideration is typically a payment, it's typically money. Consideration means something that is exchanged for something else. For example, when I exchange my dollar bill for a bottle of soda, I am accepting an offer, made by the owner of a vending machine. He promises to deliver me a soda, if I put the correct money in the slot. The consideration is typically a deposit. And when you pay your deposit, you are telling them that I will be utilizing your services for a future date in this instance. The default position for a deposit is that a deposit is non-refundable. I'm going to say that again. The default, it is understood by both parties that a deposit is non-refundable unless it states specifically on the contract that the deposit is refundable. Um, there are some vendors who would put something in the contract where the deposit is refundable um, 
within three days or the deposit is refundable up until a certain point. If it states that on the contract, then the deposit is refundable. If it doesn't say anything about whether the, the deposit is refundable or non-refundable, then the default in the, uh, when I say I'm gonna use this with a grain of salt because I'm not a lawyer, but in the eyes of the law, a deposit is non-refundable unless it states it on there. So if you put your money down today, and change your mind tomorrow, your deposit is non-refundable. A deposit is by default non-refundable. The second part that I want to talk about is um, payment schedule or final payment. When you look at your contract, and please, when you have a written contract, please look at the contract. Again, uh, please make sure you read your contract. Make sure you read it and understand it. If you have any questions, ask the questions before you sign the contract. So you know exactly what the situation is. Just because your mom comes later and says this is a really ridiculous situation doesn't mean you get to not be bound by your contracts. Oh, in the contract, you'll see some sort of payment schedule. So the payment schedule will be the terms identified in the agreement between you and that vendor. So please read your contract and understand what the payment schedule is going to be. Some vendors might have a payment schedule that states that you make your deposit and then the remaining balance is due a certain period prior to the wedding. For us, for instance, uh, 45 days prior to the wedding, the remaining balance is due. So you basically have two payments to make. The initial payment for the deposit and then the uh, second payment um, for the remaining balance. So most places like the venue, for instance, they'll have a larger price tag. And so they might um, adjust their payment schedule or have a payment schedule that is um, has smaller bite-sized chunks. Instead of, let's say your, your venue costs $50,000, say for example, and you pay a $10,000 deposit to secure the date, and then um, you know, two or three months before the wedding, you owe $40,000. That's a, a you know, pretty big price tag. And um, so a lot of venues, what they do is they break it down so that it's easier for them to get paid and for you to make payments. So your payment schedule might be initial $10,000 deposit, then um, let's say a third is due nine months prior, and then another third is due six months prior, and then the final third is due um, three months prior or two months prior. So that way, instead of making a $10,000 payment and then $40,000, well, you can break it down. It's um, basically, what is that, 15, 15, and 10, or something like that. So it's just an easier um, bill to get paid. But regardless, make sure you read your contract and understand your payment schedule. Um, I'm not a lawyer, I'm gonna say this again, but your payment schedule um, is part of your contract. And if you miss this payment schedule, then technically you would be in breach of contract. And then the terms of those breach would end up coming into play. So you don't wanna do that. So please, please read your contract and understand what your payment schedule is. And then obviously don't miss that, uh, that payment schedule. And the last thing that I want to talk about, I want to cover um, is something that happens infrequently, but enough for me to remember it because I pretty much remember every time it happens. Um, usually about six, every six or eight months, we'll have a client who will uh, say something to the fact that um, 
they don't want to pay um, the remaining balance until the night of the event because they want to make sure that we're going to show up. And um, so that's what I want to talk about um, just real quick. Again, I am not an attorney. I don't practice law, but I want to give you my opinion or my take on um, this specific situation. And first and foremost is um, you would have entered into some sort of contract with the uh, vendor. And in our case, we have a, a remaining balance due of 45 days prior to, um, to the wedding. And this will be in part of our contract. So to then change it at a later date is something that really can't be done, at least in, in my humble opinion of the law, because you have a contract that is um, both parties have signed, and the only way to change it now is to have both parties sign a new contract or an addendum to the contract stating that. If the vendor doesn't agree, then uh, again, in my opinion, then that would be a breach of the contract. And so, um, don't want to do that because then you open yourself up to all sorts of other ramifications that the vendor could possibly um, you know, have remedy for. Alright, so number two is more logistical than legal um, and it deals with if your vendor does decide, let's say your vendor decides that hey, I will go ahead and allow you to pay me the night of the event. Well, typically the vendor will then want cash because every other method can be challenged or disputed. You can cancel a check, um, you can dispute a credit card charge, um, etc. Or let's say if the credit card doesn't go through. Um, and then with cash, the, the thing that you look at with that is if it's $1,000, let's say for an example, then you're going to have to um, figure out how to get this money in advance. You can't do it the day of the wedding because you um, have other things going on. Um, so then you'll have to plan to either pull the money out of the ATM or go to uh, the bank and, and get this money. And usually $1,000 in an ATM is more than one time, um, one day. You can't just pull out $1,000 in a day. Normally it's a three or $400 limit. So then you have to go um, three, four times able to pull out this money so let's say you don't have time to do that or you forget one day or whatever so you don't have the money let's say for whatever reason it's now the day of the event your vendor has shown up and now they want to get paid and you don't have the funds for whatever reason you weren't able to pull out the money from the ATM uh, you didn't have time to go to the bank you give them a credit card and they actually have something where they can process it on their phone and so they do a swipe and the card doesn't go through. And of course you give them a check and then they tell you, I won't accept the check because you can cancel that check. So now your vendor is in a difficult situation because they basically have to tell you on the day of your event that they're not going to be able to do your event because you now breached the second time with the contract, the first time when changing it to now pay them the day of the event, and the second time now that you're supposed to pay this money, you don't have the money. Offer, acceptance, new contract, that's what this is. And then you breach this by not paying. And so then 
know, they're in a difficult situation to tell you, I'm not going to do whatever service that you hired me for. And then, of course, everyone around is upset with this vendor because they're refusing the service, even though they are the ones that are actually kind of getting screwed over because you're supposed to pay them prior to, you didn't do it. Now you want to pay them the day of and you can't do it. And so now they have to tell you no and then everyone and your mom are upset with them and it's not their fault. And then the third thing that I want to, to talk about, uh, this will be my last, is um, let's say for instance, me. Let's just use me for an example so I don't throw anybody else in the club. Let's say out of my, in my 15 years of being in business, actually 16, um, one time, one time I didn't show up, just one. If I didn't show up at your wedding, would you be quiet about that situation? Would you um, just sit there and, and just kind of grin and bear it and not say anything to anybody? Um, this rhetorical question, because obviously you're not here with me while I'm recording this, um, but the answer is no. The answer is if someone was to not show up on my wedding day, I would make sure that the world would know about it. Some people might go a little bit further than others, but chances are, if this person didn't show up, there's going to be a thing somewhere uh, in their history where uh, a client or a former client will have said something negative about them in some capacity. So when you're doing your research, those are some things that obviously a red flag that you would look for right away. If you see someone that has not shown up for one or multiple events, then yeah, that might be a time to discuss it with them that, hey, I want to make sure you show up to my event, so uh, this is the reason. But if you go through my review, if you go through my um, Google reviews or Wedding Wire or um, the not reviews, you might see instances where a client might have had a difference of opinion of some capacity. But the one thing you won't see is that we didn't show up at any time in our 16 years of being in business. So then there should be no reason to hold the money hostage because uh, our track record for 16 years is that we show up. If you have a vendor that doesn't have that track record, then the time to discuss would be when you're doing your research on them, not when it's time for them to um, follow the letter of their contract. So anyway, so that's the, the last thing I wanted to talk about is that the reputation should dictate that you don't have to hold the money hostage. Um, so those are the things that I want to talk about today. Uh, we covered uh, the deposits, whether the deposit is refundable or non-refundable is going to be in the contract. And again, if it's not written that the deposit is refundable, then the default is that it's non-refundable. Then we talked about the payment schedule and um, following whatever the vendor's payment schedule is, uh, is going to be your, your best course of action. The last thing I wanted to cover is uh, making your payments on the day of the event. It's usually just a recipe for disaster to even try it, unless it specifically says in the contract that you can. 
then just go ahead and follow their payment uh, schedule and make your final payment when it's due instead of waiting until the end. And that is the end of my video. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, watch. If you like the video, please hit me up with a thumbs up. If you think I'm just full of hot air or you don't like it, you go ahead and hit me with a thumbs down. Um, if you want to leave a comment, I like comments, so do that as well. And I will be doing this a lot more often, so if you want to know when the next one comes out, hit that subscribe button, you'll get notified. I have a lot of different playlists on here. I'm trying to cover a lot of different things. Uh, so definitely you'll get notified uh, when I bring out some more good content. Again, thank you, and I'll see you on the next one.